0: My. Oh, what's up, guys? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. So, hey, welcome to service this morning. Thank you so much for coming out. We're starting a brand new series today. It's called Hashtag Struggles, Following Jesus in a Selfie-Centered World. You know, I, I really like what Craig Rochelle said. He said, that, he said that at no time in history has it ever been so feasible, attainable for us to determine who is popular and who's not. Now all we have to do is just post a picture to Facebook, and we will see exactly how popular we are. Some of you may not be popular. You may only get one like. Some of you may get 10 likes, but then some of you may post 10 or 20 times just so you can reach to that 100 likes. It's never been so easy to attain popularity these days. So we're in a five-part series, and today we're going to be talking about recovering contentment. Recovering contentment. And and, and I really want to hone into that about how we should be content in who Jesus created us to be. And there's going to be some things that we're going to talk about. This probably hopefully hits all of us where it hurts at because some of us has maybe some issues or some parts where we're struggling with this. Uh, Hence the the series Hashtag Struggles. And so um, before we do that, I I want to just ask us uh, and just talk to us about... Maybe there's some things that we may be struggling with. Um, maybe there's certain parts of envy, uh, jealousy, um, um, things that comparison that we may be struggling with. One of those is maybe there's a material and financial envy down in our heart. Well, John, what do you mean by that? Uh, material envy. Maybe you see somebody who, 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 who has, a, has a new car or maybe they posted a brand new video or a picture of them on vacation and you're thinking to yourself, man, this is the second or third time this year. That they've been on vacation and I'm stuck in this house. Right. I'm envious. I'm jealous. I'm comparing my life to their life. Or, 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 or maybe, just, just maybe, that um, maybe they went to dinner with some friends. Or, or, or they went to a party with some friends and they post a message, hanging out with my peeps. But you're all friends. You're sitting at home like, oh man, what's up with that? I, I, I thought I was their friend as well. Mm. If you think like that, that's material envy. That's financial envy. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you have relational envy. Maybe in that same sense that you see somebody hanging out with somebody a lot more than hanging out with you. And now you're envious and you're feeling jealous because you feel that you should be hanging out with them. Or maybe you should just be in that, in that crowd. Maybe we have a little bit of relational envy or maybe we just have some circumstantial envy. The circumstantial envy is is, is, is maybe I'm single, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. You see your friends posting pictures of themselves with, man, my boyfriend is the best, my girlfriend is the best, and you're sitting at home, I want that. I hate seeing these pictures because I I want that. Or maybe you get invited to so many bridal showers, (laughs) or maybe you get invited to a lot of baby showers. And you're just envious because you want that in your life. But that's some things that we really have to talk about. And and, and those are real sicknesses that we deal with that hinders us from the blessings of God. As a matter of fact, Paul said it the best way in Philippians chapter 4 verses 12 and 13. He says it like this. He says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. And this is, this is the part that I like. He says, but I have learned the secret of being content in any in every situation. Mm. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. This is the part that I love right here. I can do all things through him. Who is him? Christ, Jesus, who gives me strength. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. And we ask right now in this moment, God, that you would go before us and expose to us some things that we just need to be, that just needs to be dealt with. We ask that you would have your way, God, that you would think through my thoughts, Father, God, you would speak through my words so that people can hear your heart. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Envy, comparison, jealousy is a sickness. As a matter of fact, envy, jealousy, comparison is a sin. As a matter of fact, in the book of Exodus chapter 17, you know, one of the Ten Commandments, it says that that we should not covet our neighbor's anything. Mm -hmm. Our neighbor's families, our neighbor's stuff. It says that we should not. You shouldn't do that. And so whenever I compare myself to the life of somebody else, I'm coveting what they have. And I'm sinning because the Bible clearly says that we should not covet what doesn't belong to us. So there's three things that we really need to talk about on how we can get rid of this jealousy. And you're going to hear me say jealousy a lot because that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's envy and, and, and how we can get rid of comparison. And the first thing is this, is we must kill comparison. Yeah. We must kill comparison. 2 Corinthians tw- 10 and 12 says as it says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. So scripture automatically upfront, tells me that when I compare myself to somebody else, I'm not wise. I'm like sheep because we are sheep. Sheep are not the smartest and brightest animals. That's why we are in need of a savior, in need of a shepherd to lead us. It says that whenever I I, I compare myself to somebody else, that I am not wise. Now, I understand that some may say that comparing ourselves to others is absurd, but it's a lot easier to say that it is than to actually deal with the harsh reality of how do I get past this? Because all of us always want something more. And instead of me working hard and, 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 and being, just like Paul said, I'm content. I can do all things through Christ. It's a lot easier for me to want what you have yeah. Good. than it is to be content in what God gave me. Stephen Furtick says it this way. He says that when we compare our lives to those on Facebook, to those on Instagram, to those on Twitter, what we are really doing, we're comparing our behind the scenes to their highlight reels. Yeah. Wow. What does that mean? Yeah. So... What I do on a daily basis, my real life is comparing maybe somebody else's high reality that they had for maybe 30 seconds. And because of that 30 second highlight reel, I think that my whole life is completely jacked up. Mm. I need more. I see them with their family. I see them always loving on their family. I see them with a the brand new car almost every five years. You know, I see them, but, but the harsh reality is this. Maybe you don't know what they went through to get what they got. Yeah. It's good. Maybe you don't know the struggles that they had. Mm. But we don't look at that. What we look at is, well, I see what you have, but we don't ever look at maybe what they've gone through. And so that can work actually in two spectrums. One spectrum is I can look at you and say, I want what you have. But then the other side, you can look at, you can look at me and say, hey, you need to get what I have or you need to be what, I, what, what I'm like. You need to be who I'm like or, or you need to work like I work. Wow. So it comes in two ways. Not only me wanting to be like you, but you also thinking that I need that I need to be like you. And let me tell you something about this. The, the, the thing about that is that it's not good to want to be like somebody else. As a matter of fact, you guys remember Lucifer? Yeah. You, you guys remember him? He yeah. said that he was a beautiful angel of light. Mm-hmm. When he sang, he sang with, 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 with great melody. But then he started comparing himself because he got jealous. Yeah. And because he was envious. And he says, you know what? I can be like God. And that's when the first field goal was ever recorded in this world. God said, you think so? And booted him out. So check this out. So, so, so if, if, if God didn't like Lucifer comparing himself to him, how much more do you think that it hurts him for us comparing ourselves that's good. That's good. to everybody else? The thing, that, I, the thing, the thing that, that, that boggles my mind is that I think it's a good thing to want to be like God. Because God is perfect. But for me to want to be like somebody else who I know lives in a sinful nature? Hmm. You see, God utilized an equal and exact amount of creativity when he made you and when he made every other person on this planet. When we choose to compare ourselves with others, we aren't only making life harder for ourselves, but we're telling God, God, you didn't do good enough. God, you made a mistake. This, this, this omnipotent God, all-powerful God, this omniscient God, God who knows everything, this omnipresent God, God who is ever at all times, right. God, you made a mistake. Because I don't think that I should be like this. I think I should be like them. Mm. I don't think that you created me with the best intentions in mind. Yeah. But this is the thing. See, when I catch the vision of who God has created me to be, I have no other option but to be me. I'm a better me than I am a counterfeit you. That's good. That's good. I don't care what you have in this world. If I don't have what you have, I'm still a better me than I am a counterfeit you. Because God created me to be me. God created this all five foot nine, 185-pound bald black man to be me. This is who God created me to be. He didn't create me to be anybody else, or to be anything else, or to, to 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 have everything that you have. Because just maybe, if I listen to what God is trying to tell me, just maybe I can't handle what He really the things things that I want. But He gives me the things that I need. James 3, 4, 14, and 16 says this. It says, But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, and I like that because because James kind of making fun of such wisdom, he's saying you, it's not wisdom. He's saying you, you're not very bright if, if you harbor that. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but it's earthly, it's unspiritual, it's demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition... There you find disorder in every evil practice. It brings about a kind of disorder that produces anger, that produces strife, that produces a kind of misconception and a real lack of reality. Comparison is not wise. See, we have to stop comparing ourselves and our lives to Facebook and start comparing our lives to the faith book because in the faith book, God tells me who I am. God tells me that I am above and not beneath. God tells me that I am fearfully and I am wonderfully made. God tells me that I am a king's kid, but if I compare myself to the likes of Facebook, I'm getting a falseness of exactly who I am. So we have to stop comparing ourselves to Facebook And compare ourselves to the faith book. If you want to know who you are, open up your Bibles and go and read it. The Bible says you are a royal priesthood. That you are a holy nation. That you were separated for the glory of God. It says that you are victorious and you're not defeated. Mm -hmm. It says that you have exactly what God wants you to have right now. I'm not saying that more is not coming or, or maybe God won't bless you with that. But right now you're exactly where you need to be at right now. I'm a far more better me than I am a counterfeit you. See, there's no win in comparison. Until Christ is all that we have, we'll never realize that Christ is all that we need. Yeah, that's good. When you are down and out, and when you have nothing and when you're, you're looking at other people's stuff, well, God, I'm doing this right. Why are you blessing them? Why aren't you blessing me? But what you have to understand is that Jesus is all that we need. And when we realize that he's all that we need, we'll realize that I am everything that God wants me to be. I am the me that God designed. He didn't make me on accident and he didn't form me with any other societal mold in mind that he was trying to measure up to. As a matter of fact, God is infinitely creative and he's infinitely brilliant. So whenever he created you, God used all his brilliance and all his creativity just to make you. Now there's so many people in the world and there's that much more brilliance inside of every last creation that God made. We have to learn to kill comparisons, and the second thing is we have to learn how to celebrate others' blessings. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. That's tough. You see, Romans twelve fifteen says it says, "Rejoice with those who rejoice." And mourn with those who mourn. Another version says to weep with those who weep. To, uh, to celebrate. Celebrate means to acknowledge, to observe, to honor, or to give praise where praise is due. You see, when we see someone else being blessed in a way that we want to be blessed, celebrating with them can purify the intentions of our hearts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It really checks you when God blesses somebody else. When God puts somebody else in a place And you think that maybe it's not time or you think that maybe you shouldn't be there yet. It does something to our hearts. But whenever I learn to celebrate the blessing, not to celebrate, check this out, because the thing that we do is we glorify God for the blessing. We say, God, you are so great because you're blessing them. (laughs) And this is one thing that I like. If I'm close to somebody that's being blessed, that means that God is in my vicinity. That's real. That's real. If I'm close to somebody that's being blessed, that means God is in my zip code. If you look at somebody and say, say you're, next, you're next, you're next, you're next. Let me tell you, man, man, this, this, is, this is good. Chuck Swindoll says this, he says, life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% how we respond. But for many of us, it's the exact opposite. It's all about what happens to us and we forget that our response has any real value. We'll just react. We'll just respond and won't cause, and and, and won't produce the the correct reaction. Celebrating another person sends a kill shot directly to the heart of envy, directly to the heart of jealousy, and directly to the heart of comparison. Not celebrating with others shows pride in our own lives and can hinder the blessing of God in our lives. So it's pivotal in our lives that when we see somebody being blessed and we celebrate with them. How much different would our lives be if we preferred God to bless others over ourselves and we celebrate the occurrence and didn't compete with our brothers and with our sisters? As a matter of fact, Philippians 2 and 3 says this. It says, do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. You That's big for some of us. Because what do you mean, John? You're saying that that I need to prefer somebody else other than myself? That's exactly what the Bible says. I didn't say that. But that's exactly what the Scripture says. We have to learn to celebrate others, people's blessing. But just maybe the reason why we don't obtain the blessing that we've been praying for is possibly because we are secretly being envious and not celebrating others. So what if your blessing was predicated on the reality that you're celebrating other people's blessings? How much more would you be willing to celebrate them? How much more would you be willing to say, God, you are awesome. God, you are in the blessing business. I may not have mine now, but you're blessing them, so I know you're in the area. You're in the hood. You're coming for me. How much more would that be? What if your blessing was predicated on the celebration that you gave in other people's blessings? This is what I propose. I propose that, and that we be real with ourselves now. And I propose that if we are envious of anybody and anything... I'm not saying anybody here, but I'm saying maybe look on Facebook and a family member may be in, in California and you love what they have and you want what they have. So, And it makes your heart hard because of that maybe, just, just maybe we should find a way to celebrate them, to, to tell them, to pray for them. Now, your prayers can be in secret, but celebration requires relationship. It requires for you to speak to them. Right. Maybe you should just go up to them and be like, look. I love how God is blessing you, and I thank God because God's blessings are not dead. And I know eventually, because you're being blessed, I'm going to be blessed too. As a matter of fact, because you're blessed, it's blessing me. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. This is good. Try to celebrate them in person. It doesn't have to be much, but try to identify an area of blessing for them and affirm your gratitude for God's goodness, God's goodness, God's goodness in their lives. I love it because whenever we're blessed, it's not because of our goodness. We deserve death. We deserve to die. We deserve to go to hell, but God's so good and so great that he blesses us. But if he can't trust you, he can't bless you. (laughs) Because you have to be trusted with the blessing. And you have to be trusted to be able to celebrate a blessing and not be jealous and not be envious and not have your heart hard because God is blessing others on their lives. So this is what I like Hebrews 13 1 says this. And I'm going to say it this way keep on loving each other. That's what that's saying. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Keep on loving each other. See, look, whenever I love somebody, I acknowledge them. Love acknowledges, it observes, and it honors, and it praises. Love never ceases to show gratitude. It never ceases to show gratitude. When it's hard for me to show gratitude for the blessing of God on somebody else's life, that means there's something going on inside of my heart. Mm. There's something going on inside me that I need God to expose to me. And only until you're willing to face that reality, God will never bless you like he wants to bless you. And it's going to be harder for you to advance in the kingdom. It's going to be harder for you to advance on your jobs. It's going to be harder for you to become a better parent because I like the way that they're parenting. Mm. But what if we were good stewards over what God gave us? What if we were good stewards over the blessing that God put it out? What, what, if, we were, what, what if we were good stewards over knowing that God gave me life to live? Right. What if I was a good steward over being John and not trying to be Pastor Richard Allen? You know, funny story. I was, I was, a, a lot of people see what I do now, and they see where I'm at now. I'm 38 years old. I was called to the ministry when I was 19. I'm just now stepping into the calling that God had for me 19 years later. But you know what? It wasn't always easy. And so a lot of people will look at you and look at the blessing that God has in your life, but they don't know what you had to go through to get where you're at. Right. Right. This is 19 years in the making. 19 years in the making. I have a 21-year-old son. And this is 19 years in the making. And so whenever I first preached my first sermon, I remember that. I was called when I was 19. I preached my first sermon when I was 21 years old. And I loved T.D. Jakes. (laughs) I did. And I got on stage and I was preaching. And I was like, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And you know what? I was a a very bad T.D. Jakes. (laughs) I was a very bad... T.D. Jakes. It took me a couple years to realize, you know what? God created you to be you. Yeah. God blessed you with the ability to be you, not to be anybody else. That's who he blessed me to be was me. I can't be anybody else except for me. And guess what? The reality is this. I'm not going to be anybody else except for me. Because right. God won't create, he, he won't bless a counterfeit anything. God blesses, God blesses, he blesses the real. He blesses the real deal. And so my last point is this. We need to learn to cultivate gratitude. Yeah. Cultivate gratitude. Ecclesiastes 6 and 9 says this. It says, enjoy what you do have rather than desiring what you don't have. There you go. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless like chasing the wind. Wow. <laughs> wow. that again. Enjoy what you do have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Solomon, who's the one who wrote this, Solomon is actually proposed to be uh, 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 probably the richest person to ever walk the earth. And what he's saying to us in this verse is that we need to learn to be content with what God has given us. Being content with what God has given us is better than to follow the desires that, God, that, that, that can never be satisfied Envy is resenting God's goodness in other people's lives and ignoring God's goodness in our own. It's it's ignoring God's goodness in our lives. It's saying, God, you made a mistake. God, you're not really that good. Proverbs 15 and 5 says this. It says, for the despondent, envy brings trouble For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. A despondent is that person who always sees negative, even in a positive situation. Mm. Well, yeah, God did bless you with a million dollars, but. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I do see that you were healed from cancer, but. Yeah, I do know that God did bless me, but what about. I said this before, everybody has a but. Some butts are big, some butts are small. But the thing I think, the the reality of this is that everybody's butt somewhere stinks. And so when we put the butts right after the blessing, then you're saying, God, your blessing stinks. You're not good. Mm. Keep your butt out of it, keep your butt where it belongs. (laughs) but a happy person a happy person looks for happiness he seeks happiness even in the worst even in the dire in the most mundane situations a happy person can find the good Mm -hmm. a happy person can find the great even in the worst a happy person can raise their hand and say God I thank you because although it's not I'm not in a place where I should be God I'm alive God, although I, I, I know that I should be here, but because I messed up, this is where I'm at. God, I still thank you for preserving my life. I thank you for my family. I thank you for what I do have, and I'm trying my best, God, to not desire those things that I don't have. Be grateful for what you have. Be happy for what you have. Change the view of your life, and life will be what you see it as. If you see life as being good, life will be good. But you see life as being bad, Life is going to be bad. For the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Envy is earthly and it's unspiritual. As a matter of fact, it goes so far and says that it's demonic. Envy, jealousy, comparison is demonic. Every evil practice is bound up in envy. Let's celebrate the goodness of God in others' lives. Social media is not a place for us to be envious and compare ourselves, but social media is a place that we can look at our family and say, Lord, I love how you're blessing them. My family is great. My family is wonderful. My family is alive, and they're doing exactly what they should be doing. God, thank you so much for blessing them. That's what social media is about. Whether living in plenty or living in want, the secret is that we, have to, we can do all things through Jesus who gives us strength. Only in him will we find what we are looking for. Only in him. Only in him will we'll be able to fill that void. All of us have some void in our lives. All of us, at some time or another, have been chasing money. Mm. All, of us, of been chasing mm. All of us, sometimes our lives have been chasing stuff. All of us, sometimes our lives have been chasing better lives by the likeness of other people's lives. Wow. But God is the only one that can create that and give you that, not people. Right. It only comes from God. Maybe, maybe if we were in a place or in a position that God was all that we had, we would understand that God is all that we need. See, only, God can, only we can only be content in God, and God is the only one that can give us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. I can only be satisfied with my life when I realize that Jesus Christ is all that I need. And so I have a challenge for all of us today. Where the envy lies in your heart. Where the jealousy is inside your heart. Where the the, the comparison is inside your heart. I want you to look deep down inside of there and see what is the root cause of that. And ask God to bring it to light. Because if we don't deal with With the reality of there's envy and jealousy and comparison inside of us, we're slowly dying and taken away. And God will never bless you for being envious of somebody else. Because when you're envious of somebody else, you're telling God, God, you made a mistake. You are not really this all-powerful, all-knowing, most creative. You are not really that. That's what you're saying. Only God can fill that void that's inside of us. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for this word. Thank you, God, that you are everything that we need. I don't need anything else from anybody. I don't need to be like anybody else.